Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. Episode 219 starts now. New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creative singers and doers. Hello, boys here in the mayor's office. You know, the past week or so, I've been struggling with my voice, man. It's just uh, been a rough go. Try to keep myself limber and gargle with the salt water and and uh, had some vocal issues, but I'm back here. I got to finish strong or at least head into the summer hiatus strong. I'm about thinking about taking September off because I'll be leaving the country. I didn't want to leave you with no warning. So yes, we got a couple episodes coming up and then in September, we're going to go on a little break, but definitely we'll be back to do more episodes. Uh, new Amsterdam Radio is part of the New Amsterdam Entertainment Network. Uh, we got to thank people who support the show. For example, the Orlando Aces Florida Grid League team. We are a proud sponsor of them, and they are tearing it up in the Grid League this season. If you haven't really checked out Grid League, you should. Uh, these athletes are talented. And, of course, a shout-out to SeatGeek. As I've been able to travel and see more things and shows and sporting events, I use SeatGeek uh, to get the best seats in the house. You can, too. Use promo code FLOBITO, that's F-L-O-B-I-T-O, for $20 off your first order with SeatGeek. Now, uh, if you guys know me in real life or even see me digitally, you know that it's not much hair on top of my dome. I'm a baldy. My hair has pretty much left the chat since I was in my mid-20s. But Tiffany Anderson, this week's guest, is a natural hair care expert. And it's really cool to sit down with a craftsperson who's really passionate about what they're good at. And so Tiffany has that in spades and how she's able to take her perspective and her expertise and roll it into her business, something anyone can extract from, whether or not you work in hair or any other industry. So I hope you enjoy it. I know I did, just picking the brain of such an expert. But let me know what you think about this episode and all the other episodes. Hit us up on the social media, at New Amsterdam, on Instagram, and Threads. Is anyone on Threads? I feel like I'm talking to no one on Threads, but I'm on Threads at New Amsterdam and at X, 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 the artist formerly known at Twitter, uh, New underscore Amsterdam. But without any more ado, further ado, my chat with Tiffany Anderson. Welcome back to New Am, Sam Raider, the podcast for creatives. It is I, the mayor, Flo Bo Boys, in the mayor's office, hanging with people who are taking creativity and entrepreneurship to new levels. Now, if you're a follower of my social media platforms, you know I have no hair on my head, but my guest knows all about that, though. Please welcome Tiffany Anderson to the show. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? Well, you know, I'm I'm good. I mean, it always could be better, but I'm being able to hang out with people like yourself, entrepreneurs and creatives that make me push the needle and inspire me to do other things. So I can't complain about that. <laughs> so I got the news from, from your rep that you are considered a natural hair care expert. Now, what does that mean, especially in 2023, where it seems that everyone claims to be an expert, but you are a legit one? Yes, yeah, so I am a trichologist. I've been a trichologist since um, 2008. And a trichologist is the study of hair and scalp disorders. And so um, to understand like the chemistry of hair and the growing of it, you have to study it. And uh, a lot of people, 
I'm sure just take, you know, other people's advice and stuff, but I literally study the layers of um, how to grow hair and how it comes out <laughs> mm -hmm. and how to keep it, the hair on your hair. Right. So let's take a step back. When did you realize that this was the path that you wanted to pursue as a career? Um, oh, I've been doing hair for over 20 years. And um, I used to be in a company of people that were experiencing severe alopecia. And so um, that's when I learned that hair isn't a steam builder as well. And it really affects um, how you feel about yourself. And so I wanted to change that um, narrative. I wanted to make people not have to go through this. And so I, I learned trichology. I learned the products. I started evaluating instead of just styling hair. I started evaluating and, and keeping it healthy. I started evaluating, evaluating what makes it grow. Right. Well, I mean, yes. Over 20 years experience, which is commendable, but I felt like hair education was a lot different back then. So when you decided to go down the trichology route, like what was the challenges that you came across when you at the start of your journey? So um, in, when I first started as a cosmetologist, understanding that cosmetology is the use of chemicals and then trichology is the study of hair and scalp disorders. And mm -hmm. so as well as trichology too, is a preventive method. So everything that we do and that I share far as um, in the trichology realm, it's all preventive things. Like if you had a disease or something like the doctor is, um, if you, or, or not really a, the doctor, but an herbalist is going to tell you how to prevent these things. And so that's what I do. And a lot of times when people come to me, they have tried everything. They have went to people that, um, trichology was out of their scope, but they still spoke on things that they really didn't have the information or the accurate information on how to prevent. And so it progressed. And yeah. so I just wanted to reach more people as far as helping them prevent some of these conditions and stuff. Because even like when you're styling, styling doesn't make you feel good to wear your hair down. You're just covering things. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about the the plight uh, when it comes to people of color and their hair. So uh, this is a quote from your book, Hair Therapy Cures and for Growing Your Beautiful Natural Hair, available now on Amazon. Uh, and you say, uh, quote, uh, some of us will transform our hair into an appropriate hairstyle because we think it's the extra incentive needed to obtain a higher position in corporate America, which is something I agree with. I've seen brothers and sisters who had locks having to cut their hair, say, I'm getting a real job now, I have to change. Uh, what's that like? Like basically re-educating the public about what's considered quote unquote appropriate uh, when it comes to hairstyling. Um, I think it 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 has to do with uh, like when I do my clients hair. A lot of people, some clients I have, they think that if a child wears a hairstyle, they can't wear the hairstyle. They think it looks childish or kiddish or it doesn't look professional enough to be in the corporate industry, and so far as how I address it is I, I let them know that it's just a polished look, like it's levels of skills of people doing hair. So, you know, like someone with a lesser skill, a, a child, a child doing hair is not going to make your hair look as an, an experienced adult doing hair or as they would say, you know, so um, when it comes to our hair in corporate America, I just thought, think that we have been made to feel uncomfortable about our hair and how sure. 
Yes. And so we're uncomfortable about wearing it, being comfortable far as like the textures of it, um, the style. So we, we're, we're, we're combating so many things. We're like, oh, no, it doesn't look because we just been made to feel uncomfortable so many times about our hair. And um, I, I do women that are so gorgeous, like appealing to the eye, and they will literally think that they are not based off of the texture of their hair or what they've been told. And mm -hmm. so that goes into like, and then, and then you get to your work and then you have a, like, say, if you just wear your natural hair or Afro, for example, and then at work, you're also being told that, no, this is not acceptable. This is right. not, you know, and so I just address like a lot of those insecurities. Um, I also help you to feel comfortable about the styles that you wear because it's all on the inside. And how we've been made to feel, like I said, when it comes to our appearance, period, let alone our hair, it just makes um, us uncomfortable. And it makes us not feel comfortable in the styles that we really want or feel comfortable wearing. Like, think about as a male, like if somebody, you, you don't have any hair, and somebody said that that's not acceptable, you have to wear a wig. And you like, all right. I kind of wear a wig. Every day because we, we, we do not, in this company, you have to have hair. Do you see how that is like? And right, then, right. It's, it's nothing you can do about it. Like my hair has chose to not grow anymore, but they put that pressure on you and it's, it's just an uncomfortable feeling. And we have to, um, I try to help a lot of my clients and customers know like on the, and when I, so when I do the hair, they're like, oh, I can wear this. And they, because they're thinking about like th themselves doing it. Like I can't do this on myself, but we also can, you know, stylists can do hair too. And then you have some stylists that just wants to, if I don't want to put a weave in my hair, if I don't want to wear a wig, I want to be able to wear my hair and still feel comfortable and accept it. Mm. And that's where I come in at. <laughs> so talk to me about that side of it. So you have the wealth of knowledge and a lot of people probably must keep it to themselves. You know what I mean? But you decided mm -hmm. to, to make that your career and in your business. Like when you decided to make that jump into entrepreneurship, that you can like have a, a bit of a, a group meeting with your inner circle? Was it kind of like a middle of the night? No, I'm just going for it. Like what was the, the moment you decided to go, look, this is the, the path I'm going to do for earnings? I saw the need and I saw the lack thereof. So when I came into the industry, like in the early 2000s, everything, um, I came in as a cosmetologist, like I said, as a braider and then transitioned to a cosmetologist. And mm -hmm. what I was seeing was just a lot of um, un cosmetology minded people and not really people that knew how to navigate through hair. So for, take this for example. So for me, a hairstylist, a good hairstylist is someone who knows how to do your natural hair, not someone who knows how to put in hair or cover up hair, mm. if that makes sense. And so a lot of cosmetologists in our industry, they did not know, and unless you were getting a perm, unless you were getting a weave, unless you were getting a press, they did not know how to do hair. And so I saw that and I wanted to um, navigate that industry. I wanted to embrace it. I wanted to um, help us know that it was other alternatives that we can do to our hair instead of just applying chemicals, instead of um, getting extensions and things like that. 
Yeah, I was actually uh, perusing the uh, the social media uh, uh, channels and actually have some of your stuff here. We'll put that in the show notes. And I was talking about chemicals and we were talking about one of the more premier chemicals used in hair care products over the last like, almost 100 years. And that's a lie. And and you had your thoughts and feelings about how potentially destructive lie could be uh, if used in the wrong hands. And I always wonder this from the outside because I, I lost my hair at 21 years old. I had a shave out at 24. I was trying to come over like I was a mafioso dude. It didn't work out um but, but like the the risk that that people take when when mm -hmm. trying to mat their hair to to fit a certain narrative must be a kind of psychologically uh, a pressure for some of your clients so definitely so when it comes to chemicals what helped me to and mind you this is very interesting too you're going to laugh because when i realized that relaxers are not supposed to touch your scalp that literally was an epiphany for me. Like we abuse relaxers. It's even when I realized the reasons they're called relaxers is because it's not to straighten the hair. It's only to manage the hair. And so mm. that helped me understand, like we are abusing right. <laughs> the relaxer. It's touching our scalp. It is um, what you see now, the, the risk of it. And so for me, when my first year of um, being in a salon, I got bronchitis. So now oh, wow. people are getting, that's just from inhaling. I wasn't even applying them. That's just from being in the shop for probably not being ven ventilated properly when we have our black beauty salons and stuff like that. Like all of that stuff, our culture is not taking into consideration, even when it comes to like these things, like these cancerous things. I had a patient that was a client that was very dear to me and she like got breast cancer and it was so um, aggressive to where she ended up passing. She went blind. She had these three beautiful kids. And I'm like, it just made me aware and made me adjust and pay attention to what I was doing. Like even in my salon, opening my full service salon and stuff and seeing if I was being a, a benefit, an asset, or if I was causing these things. And so for me, just like gaining bronchitis and I am a healthy person, I don't smoke or anything just from inhaling the chemicals. I didn't even use them in my hair. Right. And that's how like aggressive those, you know, that can be. And so I even with with transitioning, I wanted to I, I always I put this in the book, too. I always I'm like, do I want to be a counterfeit hairstylist or do I want to be <laughs> a, a real hairstyle? Like that's a chapter, too. Because you have to, in any field, you have to decide, are you going to, do you just want to make money or do you want to help Sure. the culture? And that so for me, I wanted to help the culture. It's not just about money. And there's so many other avenues that I know that I can go about with making more money, but I just cannot do it because I just don't agree with it. I don't, I don't believe in it. I would never put relaxers in children's hair. I would get literally, um, cursed cussed out <laughs> because mm -hmm. I wouldn't do it. I would get cussed out um, when I would say no to some of these things. And because people feel like if they're paying you, you should do what they want. And so mm -hmm. I would be like, no, you could go to someone who does that. I don't do that. And so I have been um, <laughs> combating these things like for a long time and, and taking the, uh, the whip and the, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> not, from my own people, because people feel like when you're when you do something or if they're paying their money, you should be able to get what you want. Sure. And, and they well, don't want to respect the boundaries. 
I mean, that, that's a very important uh, crossroads and a lot of, let's say everyone, but a lot of creatives come across where it's like, you have a talent, you have a skill and, and there's that customer's always right. I got to finish the job versus, Hey, look, this doesn't sit right with me as an artist. And then, and I wonder what was those, those early combative episodes like, like, how'd you like, like evade or did you confront them head on? Like, how'd you build the confidence to be like, no, I'm not doing that. It, 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 it really like, even when I look at it and stuff today and stuff, right. It literally is, um, it makes your own community not trust you when you say no to stuff. Because mm. we, we come from a, a trending kind of culture. And so if you're not doing everything that everybody else is doing, then when you set aside, like you go outside of your lane, then you're frowned upon. And so I got that a lot. Like uh, my finances suffered from it. My business suffered from it until now people are respecting it. So all through the years where people were doing what everybody else was doing and making the big money, I wasn't because I was going against the grain. When the people were coming to me, they were, um, I was the last person. So because I was the last person that they were coming to, they thought I was lying to them because everybody else without the experience that I had was telling them, oh yeah, just put grease and water in your hair. Oh yeah, just do that. And when they came to me, I was telling them the truth, but they didn't want to invest in me because all these other people were lying to them. Yeah. yeah. So, but but so, you stayed resolute and you're, and you're here today, which is a good sign. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And people are, are seeing like they're, they're looking for, um, and I always respected the hairstylist that respected their scope, the stylist, and they would refer people to the trichologist, you know, just like, like a doctor, for instance, take for the doctor knows that whatever, like, say you have a condition that he cannot, um, Cure or don't know what's going on. So he sends you to a specialist. You respect people like that. Instead of him trying to make money and just give you medicine and stuff, he really, that doctor really wants to know what's going on with you and wants to want you to get the care or the treatment that you really need, opposed to just trying to treat the topical symptoms and things like that. And so that's why I always respected stylists like that, like that knew something was outside of their scope and would refer their clients to me because that's how it's supposed to be. Like we can't do everything. <laughs> right. And so we're supposed to learn from each other and build from each other and grow from each other so that we're not going in circles. Well, that's a very interesting perspective because you'll sometimes on the show, you'll have people thinking the opposite. Like, oh, I wear a, a thousand and one hats. And, but you're saying, oh, look, I can, I could do multiple things, but there's a point where you got to call in an expert in a subject field that you may not be well-versed in, which is pretty cool. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, exactly. What does the empire, if I could use that word, look like now? So you consult with clients, you have your own product line, and you also have the book division. What, what does it look like to be uh, part of Tiffany Anderson Inc.? Like how, what does that look like? What are your verticals? <laughs> Today, um, I feel like I am more valued in this industry because I feel like in the hair industry, we've always been put to compete, to pit against each, you know, to compete with each other. And I don't feel like it's a competition. I think everyone does something different. And if you don't know something, you should ask. But a lot of people get intimidated because they feel like if you don't know something, you're looking bad in front of your clients. And again, um, th just that knowledge and that growth has helped me in my business. Like it's certain things that I will not do. And right. so, um, 
people respect that. And when you find people that respect what you do, then they value, then they're going to share it. And because they share it, it's going to help you progress and build your empire and, you know, your legacy and what you want it to be and what you have um, worked so hard for it to become. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, tell me more mm -hmm. about Tiffany's Natural. Like I'm looking at the the social for here, and there's a a, a line of high quality uh, hair care products. What was the decision to go into the actual product side of the business as well? So one of the things with the products um, in the product line is I've always wanted to, I believe in, like we just discussed, telling people the truth. And so I've never, ever been a fan of using things or products that did not work. And so in researching and being a trichologist and studying, I have studied what products that work. I've studied what ingredients goes into the product that will give you the benefits of hair growth, that will um, give you the benefits of um, um, hair growth and conditions. Like if you have dandruff, if you have alopecia, if you have like that will bring the hair back. And one of my the products that I chose and that I choose, they cater to the things that go on um, with us losing our hair. So one of the things that I touch on is our pH level. A lot of times our pH level, when our pH level is off in our body, it can um, trigger male and female pattern baldness. It can trigger alopecia. And a lot of times um, physicians, they don't talk about this because if you are on a medication that is going to um, change your pH level. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. they're not going to say, oh, yeah, well, don't do this because you may need the medication. But it's other things that you can do to bring your pH level back down to make sure your hair and scalp, your scalp is getting the oxygen that it needs to promote growth and things like that. And so that's what my watercress oil is. It helps with um, oxygen. And everybody is like, it's a miracle. It's not a miracle. What it is, it's 100 percent. Anything that I use is 100 percent. It's not um, diluted with other um ingredients. And that is um, very, very important when trying to cure anything and when trying to, um, you need the highest um, dosage, you need the highest con consistency. And so I use all of my ingredients are 100%. Yeah, and that's I, why, I, that's also why I don't say, oh, miracle is miracle. It's not, it's authentic because it's 100%. Okay, so now, now, Ms. Anderson, you you do a lot, right? Uh, how how do you balance the the time you need to say, you know, have your speaking engagements, write chapters of your books, see your clients, do the quality control on your products? Like, how do you juggle all of that? Do you use certain apps? Do you have a team? Like, what's what's the secret sauce? <laughs> I do have a team, which you, that's who connected me with uh, my team. I do. I have a great team. I have a, um, a team. You, in order, when, even with a team, you have to have someone that believes in what you're doing. And I am very grateful of the team that I have um, behind me and that is willing to share and is willing to promote and stand by um, what I do. That, that means a lot. Um, it means a lot when people, other people believe in you. It literally... Um, helps your motivation. It helps your determination. It helps your vision come to, <laughs> yeah. come to fruition. And so, um, yes, I, I, I love my team. I love my support system. I, uh, I value them. I love my family. I love, and to me that come will come back full circle. 
I love it. Know your stuff, make the jump, have a team that supports you. All good things for those who may be contemplating their own journey into entrepreneurship or creative work. And CWAM Sam Radio, before we were stopped down here, I got some questions, right? Some questions we ask all our guests who come through the show just to get to know you just a little bit more. Um, number one, though, do you believe in days off? And if so, how do you spend them? I do. So I am a mother first. <laughs> Give it in up. spite of what you, I am, as you, as you, you know, I am a mother first and as much energy as I do put into my business and helping people's hair goals and dreams come to pass. I also do that with my children. I have, um, I am blessed to have two boys and two daughters. Um, my daughter, my sons, I have a 29 year old going on 30. I have a 14 year old, a 12 year old, and I have a six year old. And my 12 year old is, um, she is a chef and um, she just cooks amazing. <laughs> yeah. Really yeah, cool. she does. My, my 14 year old is a future baller. He's a <laughs> scientist. Okay. And then my six year old can do everything in her words. <laughs> okay. That's great. <laughs> Yeah. And so trying to build up on the, that legacy and to um, just let them see, because again, you know, your family has to see what you're doing so that they can believe things for themselves. And what's a blessing and, and for me is that they get to see like when you have a person like uh, like um, Black History Month and you get to uh, most of the time we can go outside. We could say Martin Luther, you know, other people that inspired them. But for me, I'm grateful that my kids can say that I inspired them as well. Yeah. I'm added to that. Um, <laughs> It, to to that uh you know that 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 um elite <laughs> right <laughs> elitism and well, so well, I I'm very grateful. Do you uh, partake in in junk food? And if so, what's your favorite piece of junk food? Oh my gosh, I am such a sugar fiend, global, and it's not good. So we talk about like our hair and stuff, and so literally being a trichologist. Like, remember, it's the study of hair and scalp disorders. It's also the study of what we consume because in order to grow healthy hair, you have to have a healthy inside. Uh, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. A lot of insight that can help uh, people who are maybe contemplating their own four-way into entrepreneurship. But now is the fun part. If somebody wanted to connect with you, follow you online, purchase some of your products, learn more about your story, how do they go about doing that? So my Instagram is I am Tiffany Anderson. Um, my website is www.tiffanysnatural.com. My Facebook is Tiffany's Natural. My Twitter is Tiffany's Natural. And my TikTok is Tiffany's Natural. <laughs> oh, wow. TikTok. My TikTok game is terrible. Is, is yours better than mine, I hope? Like, what are you, what's on TikTok? <laughs> so I just have been told to um, get more acclimated. And connected with them. I have had a TikTok, I think maybe for a year, but because the algorithm is different. And so I'm trying it out. I like it. <laughs> I do like it because let me tell you, that algorithm will build your self-esteem as well as that hair will. <laughs> <That laughs> because well, it's good like, to know. people know me. <laughs> people <laughs> like what I'm pushing. <laughs> oh, that's what's up. Uh, I want to have yeah, you back yeah. on a future episode if we can, uh, just be able to I see your story and, and watch it grow. Thank you so much for taking time out here to be on the show this week. 
I appreciate you so much, Fobo, for having me. It was a pleasure meeting you, and I'm I'm grateful always. <laughs>